0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: This is Watkins. Welcome with Bridget Phetasy. I'm Bridget Phetasy, and you are welcome. <laughs> you know the drill. Please subscribe, rate, comment, share, reach out, tell your friends, send smoke signals, whatever. We love your feedback and we want to hear from you. This is just you and I getting erotic. I love having a microphone in my hand. It's so erotic. Pressing my mouth against it. (laughs) This is going to be my most downloaded episode. (laughs) This is... Sarah Shahi, everyone. We're going to get right into it. Say hello. Hi. Don't I sound so erotic? Don't, don't we sound so <laughs> erotic? <laughs> and suddenly this I podcast, feel like I'm sitting with the queen of erotic right here. <laughs> this podcast takes just a very strange turn suddenly. But very erotic. And now. This is our most downloaded episode. <laughs> huh? There is something about the headphones and the microphone and hearing your everyone like sounds buttery. so
0: yeah, it's so buttery and like velvety and, <laughs> and
1: like, yeah. Let's get into this podcast. Yeah, let's just get it on. So did you? You are an actress, an actor. So they say. So they say. I think you are. I think so. Yeah. And you have been for a while. Yeah, I'm grinding. Yeah, I've been grinding now for 16 years. Wow, 16. since you've been in LA? Since or, I've been in LA, wow. yeah. That's a long time. It is. Did you always wanna be an actress?
0: You know, I was, uh, yes and no. Mm -hmm. Like it was when I was younger, it was either between, um, being on stage or being a neurosurgeon. Oh, I took the easier of the two (laughs) (laughs) for obvious reasons. Why would I use my brain? Um, But, uh, but it was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I always wanted to be on stage and I don't know. I just, I just, there was a, there was a part of myself that really like, came alive Mm. and and the first thing I was ever in um, I was in second grade and I was an elf and like a Christmas play and I thought I was the star (laughs) but I was the deep deep background (laughs) I remember I remember my and like the like the the production was put up at the at the big high school at the main high school so I was like in second grade and Uh, I got to be on stage at high school and I asked my mom I'm like did you see me did you see me wasn't I so good (laughs) and she was like I didn't even know what row you were standing in where were you and I was like you couldn't see me I was right in front of you and your um, mom is so hardcore my mom is so hardcore and so yeah and then and <laughs> and then, but and then in fifth grade, I was on stage again. But this time, I actually was the lead. It was a, uh, it was this play called Miss Louisa and the Outlaws. Oh. and I am from Texas, and um, I was auditioning for the role of Miss Louisa. Okay, and it was actually between me and my best friend. Oh, and we were like, we were so competitive, but so opposite. Like she was blonde hair, blue eyed, like skinny. All the boys loved her. Super smart, soccer star mm. here. I am like, you know, ethnic unibrow <laughs> with like a, you know, Persian nose, ass, you know, all these things that are not cute to have yeah. at, you know, in elementary school. And um but we were still very competitive with each other. We're both athletic, both smart. And at the last minute, I pulled out a British accent out of my ass. Wow. I don't even know where I got it from. And I did this country play <laughs> in Texas with a British accent. And when my mom came to watch it that night, I never told her. She was like, what? Since <laughs> Once do you do a British accent, I was like, I don't know. It just kind of happened. That's amazing. So, you know, and I, I try to come from, or I, I try to come to everything with sort of like a, you know, I don't know, like a
1: spiritual sense. Yeah.
0: And I believe in past lives and all that stuff. And yeah. so, you know, I think in a way I think I was, you know, I was predestined. I was you supposed just, to do this. Yeah, you
1: know? That's my, it's always weird when you're competing with your, my friend wanted moral support for an audition and I grew up doing theater more than anything actually. Yeah, I went to theater camps and that's why I moved here initially. And we, it was uh, my senior year and she was a junior and she's like, just come and just give me moral support. And then I ended up getting <gasps> the weave in the play. Oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, and she really wanted to do it because she was like in love with this. Um, our our teacher was like this young, super hot guy. And <laughs> she, oh, you did she wanted to be, and but, she but, got but a it role. Was, it wasn't
0: your fault though. She got like, a role. You weren't trying to steal that from her. No, yeah. and what's
1: ironic and weird is that the play was junky and it uh-huh. was like about all these kids in ju- oh no sorry called juvie and it was about all these kids in juvie hall <laughs> I
0: kind of want to see junkie <laughs> and I was
1: a junkie and uh-huh. a year later I was in rehab for heroin addiction that is crazy yeah a year wow. later and I kind of had researched it and watched all these movies and I ew, oh my gosh it was like the uh, life imitating art I'm not sure which comes first sometimes. yeah I don't know
0: I think it's all one and the same you know I just I really do think that you know we're kind of the creators of our outer universe and we just attract certain things to at certain times, you know what I mean? I have
1: to be careful about what I joke about on state. It seems like everything I joke about is pre-preceding really? reality. Oh, so man. I've been doing these jokes about like, I'm going to have baby and, and I've been joking a lot about babies and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna are, you, be are, are you using this podcast per- right now to tell us something? No. <laughs> are, you,
0: are you? Should I make you go Not pee yet. on something?
1: But I do feel like I'm going to be knocked up like in a year if I keep mm. joking about it like this, because I, I joked about getting sober a year before I got sober. I joked about when I got sober, I started to, telling jokes about how. I got sober and I, I was like, oh, they tell you that you're gonna like be, you don't even know what you're gonna be when you get sober and you could be anything. And I, I got sober and I was like, I'm a conservative. And now uh, I'm like conservative podcast. Oh my god. So all these. But look how powerful you are. Like, that's what <laughs> I keep hearing
0: is I'm like, damn girl, this girl's got power, power. Or
1: is it just knowing. Insanity. Yeah. Um, or is it
0: just. No, there's a fine line. The, um, there's a fine line.
1: Subconscious.
0: You know, I think it's all the same. Yeah. I think it's all the well, same. Well, they
1: say that we're just puppets of the subconscious. That's like all the science is really like free will does not exist. I, but I I can't really get my mind right, I'm not smart enough because I'm still like, well, we still make a choice. But then the neuroscientists will be like, no, it's not actually a choice. You already made the choice. you <laughs> your subconscious. Right, right, right.
0: You know, there's another great, um, you know who Wayne Dyer is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh-huh. So he has this great saying where he talks about how and he got it from someone else i think his name was sir francis assisi was who he got it from um but it was we're not humans having a soul experience we are souls having this human experience yeah so that definitely goes along with what the neurosciences were saying you know that everything is already kind of you know whether it's predestined or not and it's so you know what i you know like i went down this road of like you know, all the hippy dippy shit yeah. and like, you know, meditation and chanting and you know, om Shiva and you know, ho renge kyo, well, you know, like all that stuff. It like, it's LA. just like, of course. Right. <laughs> and, um, and then I felt like I was going down the rabbit hole where then I started obsessing about it and yeah. I started becoming neurotic about meditating. And i like, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. wait, that's not the point. And you know, <laughs> and then it was like, well, do I make this choice or do I make that choice? And I just got so fucking in my head that now I'm just like, you know what? I just want to be happy, yeah. and I just feel like, and I start. I think about like when I first moved to LA, and I didn't know what manifestation or meditation. I didn't even know what any of that shit was. Yeah. Right, like growing up in Texas, you believed in ribs and God and football and, and God and beauty pageants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did and, all of them. and guns <laughs> and guns. Yeah, and so and the five and and, and chicken fried steak cornbread. and yeah watermelon <laughs> and um. And so like, but when I first came out, I was like, wow, I was so carefree. I was so like, my energy was nothing but, you know, exploration and excitement and, Mm. you know, discovery and just like happiness. Beginner's mind. And yeah. And it was like, and honestly, things fell to me. You know, I, I started booking jobs rather quickly and. And, and it wasn't because I was sitting there meditating about, you know, my next movie and, or, you know what I mean? Like it was just so free. And so, but I was happy. And so anyway, so now I'm just kind of subscribing to that again. It's like, you know what? Law of least fucking effort. I want to be happy. Like I went to the gym today. I do Tracy Anderson. yeah I told the trainer, she brought all these weights out. I'm like, we're not doing those. yeah She's like, what do you mean we're not doing those? This is your program. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna make my own program. <laughs> 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 these are these very hardcore like military yeah, Tracy yeah. Anderson trainers, right? Yeah. And you know, like as soon as I said that it was like a bomb like blew up in the studio, like, wait, what? Someone has their own mind? And yeah. I'm like you think I'm here to like work out. I'm like, I'm not here to work out. I'm here to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I have three kids. I've been up since four I'm not here to stress my out myself out, bitch. Yeah. I'm going to fucking dance and get my groove on. So yeah. put on some fucking Rihanna. Let's shake it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that became my workout. I'm like, now this is good. Yeah. You have so to. I just, yeah, I just, uh, and, and the other thing I think is like, sorry if I just keep rambling, no. but it's, I don't th- know if there's, a right or wrong choice anymore. No. Like, I just feel like whatever choice you make, you just have to feel good about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the universe doesn't judge. No. You know? So it's like, it doesn't know your, our souls don't know any judgment, you know? So it's just that it's just happiness. It's all about happiness. And I
1: think I, the thing I've been meditating on Mm -hmm. actually, um, my, my friend said it in, we were teaching yoga to these kids the other day in meditation and she did the meditation and she said, something that I really, it just stuck with me and I always forget it and I've heard it, but it's like happiness can only exist in the present moment. We can only experience happiness in the present moment. We can't experience it in the future. We can think maybe we'll get somewhere and be happy. We can attach happy memories but our feeling of happiness is right here in the present. That's and right. we're often like running from that. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, always yeah. kind of trying to it's like chasing this idea that we're gonna be happy. And in in life and in this industry, I was I, last night I opened up my DMs as I do sometimes mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I get people asking me real questions. And I'm like, I'm not a shrink, just so we know. But <laughs> Oh, you're not? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought your name was Dr. Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Dr. Bridget podcast? Uh, no, it's not. Oh. It never will be. But there, there's something liberating about not being a doctor because you can give that not doctor advice. Well, I'm not a like, doctor. I'm no expert, but... Uh, you know. hard, but you can be kind of hard hardcore. And right. One of these... Uh, I didn't realize how many 19 and 20 year olds followed me on wow, Twitter. Wow, that's great. They're the best. Mine and are they, like 75 and older. <laughs> it's your target demo. <laughs> They were asking me all these questions about they're at that age which is that age when I moved to LA probably around when you moved yeah, here. Yeah. I was telling this kid, you don't always have you're, you're not going to know where your whole life is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. You just have to m- kind of give yourself a carrot for like the next 3 months, 6 months, year. Like, right. all right, I'm graduating from college and I'm going to be moving to maybe Austin. I had no idea how I was gonna make any of it happen, really. Especially when the path isn't as clear. And I think for a lot of young people, it's not. It's not like our parents where they graduate from school and they're kind of assured a job. The job market's crazy for Mm -hmm. these young kids. And Mm -hmm. I always kind of, Gen Z and millennials, I forget that they have like this massive student debt yeah. And so they're like, I have to get a good job because otherwise I'm gonna be buried in student debt. For the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's like indentured servitude. I'm grateful that I dropped out of college. I know. So did I. <laughs> because so I after I. the first half a year I saw my bills and I'm like, no, there's no, there's no way. way. Yeah, I'm not going back, guys. I'm, Mom, <laughs> Dad. I'm doing you guys a favor. I did do them a favor. Yeah. But and and I was paying for half of it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna have to take a job that I hate in order to pay for this. And education is important, but I, I it knew... It ain't that important. I knew no. I wanted to be a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In last week's podcast, we were talking about this, how I maybe wanted to be... A, he was saying I should be a lawyer, and I wanted to do that, but that would have been like $200,000 of yeah. law school, yeah. and then I would have had to be a lawyer. And sure and that... And then
0: you wouldn't be sitting here with me, damn I it. Know. My gosh, you would have missed your life's
1: happiness. And you know what's funny is I think about what I really... I think about that a lot because when, the only thing I really wanted when I was young was to go to Harvard, that was it. I was a 4.0 student, I was on the track. I was one of those kids that easily could have. I have a sweater, I can give it to you. That's all I need really. <laughs> and like the mug, yeah, the coffee it. mug. Yeah, like that's I right, went. yeah. And then my life took a lot of turns that I couldn't have expected and things happened that I had no control over that changed that trajectory. and. I ended up not at all at Harvard. You're so far away from Harvard. And I wonder what I would, you know, I sometimes I'm like, God, I probably would be on like marriage number two to some douchebag. Four kids later. I would be a douchebag. Four kids
0: later makes you even more of a (laughs) douchebag.
1: I would be a douchebag if I went to Harvard for sure. Yeah. I'm kind of a douchebag with no degree and just just like the hard knock school of life and waitressing.
0: But, you know, I really do think that I don't know. I just feel like, you know, those things that, you know, happened to you. Like I was a, I was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader.
1: Okay. So that's where you,
0: that's kind of what, so I had never, you know, growing up in Texas, I wanted to be an actress, but didn't really know how to do it in Texas. It's not like, you know, somewhere like LA or New York where you're around theater or. Yeah. Yeah. What's the path? It's not, you know, your path is to marry a football player or become, you know, Miss Texas. Right. Right. If you want entertainment (laughs) industry, that's (laughs) what you're looking at. Or like,
1: the local news or you know yeah
0: be a broadcaster yeah. on channel five <laughs> yeah you know which i i thought i was going to do that at one point uh, so but i i was in a production of um i was at smu mm-hmm. and i nothing methodist about me but i still went to a methodist school yeah and um we forgive you yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had a full ride so i just you know and so I went what was there. it for?
1: Just academics mm-hmm. or? Okay. Academics.
0: And then um, I can't even say it now. I'm like, I've got academics.
1: I read. Huh?
0: <laughs> I am SMRT. I used to read. Um, and I was in a production of Chicago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And One of the background dancers, everyone always knew I wanted to be an actress and didn't know how to do it. And I'd always do little off theater things off, you know, and, um, and she was like, well, why don't you try for the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders? Because back in 1995, they were on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's my way in. So I tried out. I'd never been a cheerleader in my life. I tried out. I made the team. Wow and then (laughs) robert altman came to texas i don't even know who robert altman is Mm -hmm. he is you know the godfather of film
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i didn't know who he was
1: tell tell our listeners who they who he
0: is uh robert altman is you know he's directed some of the most prolific films in like movie history everything from um mash the player uh, Predaparte. Yeah. I think one of his last ones was um, Prairie Home Companion. He died mm-hmm. shortly after. Um, I mean, gosh, I, I, I know I'm living a lot out. But yeah, anyway, they can Google it. It's very prolific. Google it. And um, <laughs> and he and and but the movie that he did that I recognize was Popeye. Uh-huh. The movie that basically almost tanked Robin Williams' career. Uh-huh. So so yeah, so he came to Texas to film this movie called Doctor T and the Women, mm-hmm. and he used our rehearsal facilities at the Cowboys ranch as his set for two weeks because uh. Liv tyler and kate hudson were cheerleaders in the movie okay and the girls were background we were background dancers in the movie
1: and wait kate hudson kate hudson kate hudson Kate. Hudson. wow was she like 12 she was
0: probably no she's, she's like pretty our age. Young. yeah 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 she's like yeah like 20 21 okay 22, yeah. Something yeah we're like around that, the you know? same age yeah and then yeah and i i didn't really know who he is but you know as fate would have it like we really got along Uh and he really took a liking to me Mm -hmm. and he was like it was the second to last uh, day there he was there for a couple weeks and we talked every day he was like what is it that you want to do and i said well i want to become an actress i just don't know how to do it never once thinking this is somebody that could yeah yeah it never occurred to me i was so naive yeah yeah and then and he was like well I think you have what it takes. I think you should move to LA. Wow. So I was like, oh boy, LA. Oh wow.
1: <laughs> You're like, and golly, I was like, G. Golly, the G. Oh, yeah,
0: shucks. <laughs> Me? And so, um, I was, so I went home that night and I Googled him again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who is this guy? What does he know? And I see all the movies, don't recognize any of them. But then I'm like, oh, there's Popeye. <laughs> and I'm like, ma, the guy who directed Popeye is telling me I got a shot. <laughs> like I should go. So I quit the cheerleaders at that time, uh-huh. which was not a great thing to do within the organization. Because uh-huh. I don't think anyone had ever really just dropped out of being a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Uh-huh. It's a very, it's a very big deal in Texas. Uh-huh. And, uh, and you know, the women take their profession very
1: seriously. Yep. And then and you um, being the longstanding cheerleader that you had been. Exa- right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Like it was, you know, for me, it was a stepping stone and right. that's exactly what it turned into, right. you know, but yeah. And then I, I quit that. I quit everything, quit school
1: and moved out here. How old were you? 20. Wow. Yeah. We did. Come I had to just same turned age. 20. Wow.
0: And, you know, and, and never look back. There wow. was never, I remember people would ask me, they'd say, so what is your, what is your plan B?
1: People ask me that all the time. And I,
0: and I didn't know what plan B meant. Yeah. I was like, what is a plan B? They're like, well, what happens if you don't make it? And yeah. I, I remember it was so, I was like, just like you say, oh, well, the sun comes up every morning. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to make it. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, and of <laughs> course now I still feel, I'm still hustling and there's still yeah. a million and one things that I want to accomplish that I haven't. But like, it was just. It, there was no doubt. Yeah. It was so clear.
1: My, I had my mom ask me that question and a lot of people have asked me that question, but I was like 33, at 35. Yeah, I mean, I had a guy that I was dating and he was like a bazillionaire and right. I left him to come back because I was like, I, I'm retired basically with you and I'm not pursuing, I know I'm amusing for you like your little pet monkey, but yeah. I'm still not pursuing what I want to pursue and it's always going to haunt me. And... He's like, yeah, but what happens if you don't make it? And then you're just like a waitress. And I, and you know, that is terrifying. Yeah. That, that terror is what drove, right. drove me. There's so much terror in that like leap in the net will appear. That's right. Sometimes it's years before the net. That's appears. right. That's right. But I
0: think the thing is, is, as long as you stay true to you, Yeah. that's the thing is I think as long as you stay true to you, I don't think, you know, if I can use the term universe, the universe, our souls, whatever you would believe, God doesn't want us to like starve and be miserable. Yeah. So even if we do have to hit our bottom and that's where we, you know, that's our leaping point. I just feel like as long as we stay true, then, the net will appear, Yeah, you know? Where there's no judgment, there's no like everyone, and everyone comes to that at a different time in their lives.
1: I struggle with this a lot because a lot of it's just luck and a lot of it is like right face, right place, right time in this industry, but also just, you know, I I would say the pushback within my own brain that yeah. happens when you're like, No, you got you know, the universe doesn't want us to starve. It's like, well a lot of people do starve. In the I world. know, exactly. <laughs> and, no, it's true. And then I, I have the survivor's guilt just being in sobriety. There's yeah. a, a woman O D'd like two months ago that I know who was in the program and new and I'm like, Well, why did I get it? And she didn't. What right. what's the difference? So so a lot of it is like, is it just like luck and predetermination? Like you said, yeah. Like fate. That we're just supposed to I just you know my my dad basically
0: I think he committed suicide, mm. but he was miserable mm-hmm. like i I don't know about you know the girl that you knew, but I just feel like everyone has such a different path, yeah, you know what I mean, and it's and i and I really do you know this is a hard one for me because I am very competitive and I compare myself a lot to other people. Mm -hmm. I think I really do think the only worthy competition is against yourself. Oh, totally. You know, and it's, and you should never be concerned about what other people are doing or, you know, because the way to get ahead is, is to challenge yourself. It's not about other people, but, but I also do believe in a healthy dose of fear. Yeah. I think that's good for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it motivates me more than I like it to, but Mm -hmm. it's also, I wouldn't change anything. Although, when I sit here in this conversation that we're having, thinking about it, it's like, well, I'm still riding the rails of poverty and that I'm doing what I love, but if like suddenly, the economy collapses and my Patreon is what's somewhat mm-hmm. supporting me. That's a disposable people. That's something that people are going to tighten their belts and right, right, right. save their money. Mu- so I'm right. still not out of the, yeah, I, I get but
0: that. But I can't and live I, like that. I, but you can't live either. like that. But then you have to understand that if that happens then something else is going to come to support you.
1: Yeah. I, I, and you know? that has been the case. Yeah. I'm, and that's what I was saying to Sam, your sister yeah, yeah. and my roommate is that she was like, I don't know how the fuck you do it. Living freelance like month yeah. to month. Yeah. And you but in the same respect it's made me trust that it always works out because right. I've been doing it for since I was like 17. So you've been that's right. So that that muscle of like well yeah, you going to learn to be scrappy. Yeah, and a hustler.
0: Yeah, you're a hustler and it but it's good for you. It's so good for you. It is. I've never been able to have something I I've never been able to find affinity for people that have gotten things so easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and it's hard for them. And it's hard. It is. It's, it's
1: actually for- like they it's hard for people who have gotten things easy to I kind of was around enough trust fund babies that I started feeling bad for trust fund babies. Yeah. Because that hunger, and even again, back to the rich guy when we were, I wrote a whole piece about how, who am I without the struggle? Because suddenly I had all this money and time to write and it was what I thought I had always wanted. For years I had been like, please send me a knight in shining armor who will and just provide the yeah. world for me to write and I could not write. And it happened. I couldn't write a word. Look at that. I was looking at freaking in San Tropez, looking at the Mediterranean and I could not write a word. I'm like, I don't know who I am without the struggle. You're like,
0: I need somebody with zero money. <laughs>
1: And I, or I need, you know, it's hard to you're again, back to like hungry. I, I literally was hungry a lot. I was hungry. I mean, Maggie and I were joking, my producing partner on this podcast and writing partner, we were joking about when we, when she and I moved to LA when I came back like 14 years ago now, she and I were so broke. We did the master cleanse for two weeks. Oh my (laughs) gosh, because we couldn't afford food. And so we're like, but I oh, bet we're you on. You the- fucking look great. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's good to know that I can survive on lemons and like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just- and water. And water? If the shit goes down and, you're like a cockroach, maple, you'll just like. <laughs> maple
1: syrup? Yeah. I'll be like in my neighbor's trees. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's so funny. <laughs> but people, that when I had a belly full with like Dom Perignon and foie gras. I yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't need to write. You're like, yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> no
1: drive. Right. And There's I no really drive. started understanding kind of the mentality of a trust fund baby and that where's the drive if you're not you kind of need that fear of how am I going to put food on the table that's right that's right I think so so when you got to LA and start did you reach out to him uh yeah how did
0: it yeah what happened was is so he was like you know I think you've got a really good chance so I, he gave me his office number and his cell number. Oh. And he was like, when you come out to LA, call me. I want to help you. God, it's amazing. So I moved out in 2000 and um, we were playing phone tag for about three, four months. And I got a, uh, a manager by the end of my first week in LA. Wow. I kind of did that thing. Remember that movie mermaids? I used to love that movie growing up where Cher, she would decide what city they would move to next. Uh-huh. By. Like they'd bring out the map uh-huh. and then she'd close her eyes and she'd like take her finger and she just randomly point somewhere and then that's where they would move. So that's kind of what I did in terms of a, cause I was like, well, I've never acted before. I guess I should take a class. Ooh. So I was like, where do I go? So I just randomly picked this teacher. Wow. And he thought I had something and then he introduced me to my first manager. Wow. It was Yeah. So that by the end of that first week, I had a manager. I was going out on auditions and talk about being hungry. I went my first audition ever was this like producer session Mm -hmm. and they had all these hors d'oeuvres and appetizers laid out for the producers. (laughs) I thought they were for the actors coming in. So I go in the back (laughs) and the back of the room and I'm (laughs) like, I'm like, hi, y'all. I'm like, how are y'all? And they're just looking at me and I'm going in the back, and I'm just filling myself, my plate up and with like, you know, chicken and strawberries and toast and crackers and cheese and grapes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Y'all are so nice. <laughs> and, and they're just silent. And I think somebody was like, would you like to try the scene? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. And then someone said, they were like, you know, how long have you been acting? <laughs> And I said, oh, I just got here on Tuesday. And they're like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Texas. Have you heard of Robert Altman? I'm like, he said I should try this. And that is literally their jaws. I mean, I think I heard them like hit the ground, you know. And so what happened was, is every time I'd go in a room, you know, I had a very green uh, energy that I carried <laughs> with me. And, you know, people would ask me the story of how I came to be. Yeah. And um, and I would tell them about Robert Altman and then they would all say the same thing. They're like, do you know who that is? And so little by little, they started giving me this education of who he was. Meanwhile, he was still in Texas filming and he and I would play phone tag. And then I think the last that he had returned my call was like in March or April. And by that point I had already done like, you know, my own research on him. And I just became so intimidated that, you know, this man that I once talked to so freely, like yeah. I just all of a sudden felt like I just wasn't good enough to talk to him. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know what to say to him anymore. And so I never called him back. And then he died a couple months after oh, that. Oh no. So I, no. He literally was my acting angel, like Robert Altman was the catalyst to me coming out to LA. That is crazy. me becoming an actress. Yeah, yeah, wild, 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 wild. And
1: then you just, when did you book your first role? How long were you here? Yeah.
0: um, And what did you do for work? What did I do? You know, I had some money saved up and my stepdad was, he helped me, but I was really bad. I would like, I'm like, hmm, rent or shoes? (laughs) "Hmm, rent or shoes? And I would pick shoes every time. (laughs) But then, what started happening? Like, I got my first job two months after I moved to LA. Wow! Like, I just started working. Wow! Walk like, on some wood, man. I forgot about that. But like, my first job was the Saturday morning cartoon. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry, not a cartoon. Uh, a sitcom called City Guys, and I played a cheerleader.
1: Wow! And
0: because in the audition, I think I did a high kick and the and the splits. You know, and like, and, <laughs> and I you forgot. You were going to Dallas. And, yeah, you know, yeah. So I was overqualified for the role, and. <laughs> And so, yeah, like I just started, I just started getting work and I think because I had, I just had no, I had no worry at all. I don't know how or why. Like looking back, I'm like, I'm a fucking
1: idiot. Yeah. But like, it is that like naive greenness. Yeah. It's that naive
0: greenness. I had never, I mean, I think my first check was worth like, you know, $2,000, like $2,500. Yeah. I'd never made that kind of money before. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? You know, and I was like, Oh my God. You know what I could buy with this right now? (laughs) Like all the makeup at (laughs) CVS. Like, I mean, and I love drugstore makeup. So (laughs) I was just, and then, and then, and then my money would be gone. And, um, I'm like, Oh shit. What do I do? And then my mom, you know, would be like, you know, how are you on money? Let me, I'm like, I'm good, good, good. Mm -hmm. And then next thing I know, like another job would come, another thing would come. And then my first, big job was this show called Alias. Mhm. I saw you
1: in that. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching yeah. it recently rewatching it cuz I love it. And I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't know you were in it." <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, like, yeah. it's a little
0: Sarah. the baby baby Sarah. Yeah, I used to bleach my eyebrows back then. <laughs> and I believed in tanning beds. So <laughs> Yeah, then? exactly. And yeah, so that was, that was my, my first kind of big job. And I was lucky enough, like every scene was with Bradley Cooper. Mm. And so, and then I accidentally locked myself in my trailer. Cause I didn't realize how the locks worked on those like double banger trailers. <laughs> yeah. And I shared a trailer with Quentin Tarantino and I remember an alias. Uh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino was in alias. Oh, He was in the first season and I couldn't get out. And I was like, shit. And I kind I kept knocking on the wall between the two of us and I couldn't pronounce his name so I just caught I was like you know excuse me sir sir <laughs> and he was like what and I'm like I locked myself out of my trailer I, I was like all right I locked myself can you help me and then there's like a little window and I kind of peeked through the window and I saw him and then he came out and he let me out of my trailer. oh that's my, my god story. that's hilarious but, um so yeah I did that for like you know I think I did 11 or 12 episodes of that and then what did I do after that oh then I got this show called the l word mm. all right i got the l word i got the l word all my like, all my lesbian friends yes and they're like yes. you know sarah shahi carmen carmen de la pica Morales. <laughs> and um i got the l word and i'll never forget my experience on that show you know it was really interesting working with a cast of eight nine 10 sometimes 11 girls okay
1: uh,
0: and, and 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 there was no social media back then there uh-huh. was nothing back then mm-hmm. and there were times where it definitely got more than dramatic on set mm-hmm. right especially mm-hmm. when all of us were on our periods at the same time mm-hmm. it's like because y'all synced up fucking yep. watch out man yeah If somebody took that last gluten-free cracker, (laughs) like it was the, I'll fucking
1: end Uh, you. I will end you. And I feel like everyone, all actresses are always like borderline starving. So they're like, Yeah, like we've been on a, exactly. We've been on a
0: diet since we were like eight. So like, or or wardrobe fittings were the worst. Cause if I, you know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like you walk into the wardrobe room and you see all these great dresses and none of them are for you. And you're like, but why can't my character wear that? Yeah, And so anyway, but it was, an interesting thing because, you know, right now, or at least the last couple of years, the whole rise of the woman and yeah. the sisterhood has really become so strong. And what's been so nice is that the girls, we all still keep in touch. Oh, wow. And like, even though you know the l word was i don't even know how many 15 16 years yeah. ago like so long ago like the the dynamics and the synergy and you know um it was
1: as if we had never left each other it was really like cult phenomenon too wasn't oh, it, it totally was i mean it still seems like it holds this yeah really well important. there's a whole
0: new like young audience i'm hoping yeah. to like the have- age range of my <laughs> of my fan base there's there's like a new like the like you know I don't know, fifteen to like twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Are we discovering the L word. Are they gonna do a
1: re Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. They are.
0: And all of us are, you know, are being talked to about coming back. So anyway, so it was really cool and you know, and at the time, you know, I'm from Texas. I didn't know what a lesbian was. Right. You know, I had never heard of it. Yeah. And when I heard That I went in on this audition for the show called The L Word. I thought L meant love. (laughs) And I was
1: like, (laughs) You are just adorably. This whole thing is like, You've just stumbled into all of this just by being like an adorable. I
0: just kind of, I I just didn't. Well, but it's one of those things that like, you just never know what something is going to turn into, you know? But yeah. (laughs) It does mean love. (laughs) It does. It does. It does mean love. Bridget, I L you. (laughs) I L you. And uh, I remember my mom one time, or, my mom was like oh and then i had to move to vancouver like i'd moved to canada and there was like it was like major you know i was making those checks every week yeah, and i was yeah. like wow what do i do with
1: this yeah. money like
0: i'm gonna buy a country you know my mom's like you're gonna fucking save it is what you're gonna do you dumbass and i'm like but why you know yeah and my argument to my mom is always, I'm like, but I don't take my money to my grave. Like, yeah. let me spend it. Like, what is it? It's mu- it's paper. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, like, hates this part of me. Yeah. I had to move to Canada. And my mom was like, L. The L words? L words? <laughs> what does L <el> mean? <laughs> like, she kind of, she was like, L. And I was like, love. It means love, mom. Where's your and mom then, from for the audience? Uh, uh, she's from Iran. Okay.
1: She's from Iran. Mm-hmm. And you are really good at accents.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I, I was and then yeah and then I remember when she watched the first episode <gasps> oh, oh my boy. god Bridget oh my god she like didn't talk to me <laughs> like oh my god and and my brother watched it because my brother and my brother's like ex-military yeah, yeah. you know and like they were and they were all like very excited for me they are like oh what is Elle I'm like love you know it's a show about love they're like <laughs> oh that's nice and then uh, nice i think and then and then the first scene was you know there's a character on the show kate menig mm-hmm. she played this character named shane mccutcheon she was you know she's kind of like a love him and leave him like you know badass mm-hmm. you know are my first scene I remember they introduced the two of us, you know, off camera. They were like, Sarah, this is Kate. Kate, this is Sarah. I was like, hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. In this scene, Sarah, Kate's going to be going down on you. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't even think I'd found my vagina at 22, you know, let alone. I was like, going down on me? What does that mean? I was like, oh, God, you know, like help. I don't know what to do. was so adorable. And then, and, and, then, and then I was just like, oh. <laughs> and, and then when my mom and my brother watched oh my it, oh, God. my God. And I was just, they, and I, I never gave them like a heads up cause I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they watched it and I, they literally wouldn't call me back for like a week. Like I was calling them and I was just, they weren't upset. They just didn't know what to say. Oh, I get it. You know, and I here's my mom, you know, I was, I was always her like prize daughter, you know, and and now I'm doing this lesbian show. Yeah. You yeah. know, she just
1: didn't, she, she just had, she just she couldn't didn't know how her, to frame it. But she didn't know how to frame yeah. it, you know? My dad, when I got my first column, mm-hmm. it was uh, for Playboy and I called him and I was like, I'd been trying to get a job as a writer, or be paid as a writer forever. And I, I said, dad, there's good news and there's bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the good news is- I'm getting paid as a I'm writer. I'm a writer. <laughs> and, it's in, and I was like, in the bad news, it's in Playboy, it's Playboy and it's a piece about how much I love giving blowjobs. That was oh. the first thing I ever wrote. Oh my God. <laughs> my poor dad. Oh. I don't know I don't know how to. And then I did another piece pretty shortly thereafter about how I had been the like second you did a
0: three or yeah I.
1: About like the uh, being a third, it was pretty graphic too. About one,
0: the menage a trois, or the married couple. Yeah, how yeah. I
1: was like the second girl, and or the, or the it was like the second wife, but I wasn't the wife, but I was this the th- the second in an open marriage. Uh huh. And my sister called me. And she just texted me, Bridge. <laughs> oh my god!
0: Well, oh my god! So, so I put well, my dad through a lot. You did, and you know, and and Samantha, like her <laughs> being your roommate. Like I remember she was like, "Oh, my roommate wrote these articles, <laughs> and I don't think I had met you, and they're like,
1: Oh, and I was like,
0: Oh." And I was like, Are you sure about this roommate? Like I was like, sis, you're very different from her. Uh
1: <laughs> I just didn't know. But, um, I know. I would imagine that if someone But I have to in. say,
0: you have you have an incredible take on all of that stuff. Thank you. You are so like I love reading them because like not only did you frame it like in a very entertaining way to read, <laughs> but and it was very descriptive, but <laughs> you have such an open you know, like you were saying earlier, like you're, you're, you're tough. You know what I mean? Like if someone gives you bullshit, you just don't fucking take it. You've got this, like, you know, it's a very, it's almost like a, uh, I don't want to call it like a matter of fact way of looking at things, but you have such an open and honest and like, it's so raw. It's not candy coated with anything. You're not trying to hammer hot to get your point across. You know, it's so Refreshingly honest. That you know, it was before I even met you. That through your columns, I was like, "Oh, this chick is actually kind of badass." And you know, and she's not, you know, what I thought she was. <laughs> just you know, just by hearing my yeah. sister's roommate, you know, having these, you know, menage a trois, you know, <laughs> and then it was just like, I was like, "Oh no, she's actually incredibly confident." And she's very smart and she's approaching everything in such an honest way. Like people don't have the guts that she has. And I just, yeah, I I mean, I, yeah, I thought one thing and then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. She's a badass. But people
1: probably thought that about you when you did the show. I think, you know, you get you put yourself into like a a character like Mm -hmm. this or in a show like that. And then not everybody, whether you did it accidentally. Yeah not everybody would take that risk as an actress because they'd be worried about getting typecast forever. They'd be worried about getting boxed in. I think
0: think back then, a hundred percent, but, but
1: I also didn't know what I was going into. I thought it was a
0: show about love, (laughs) (laughs) but like, um, and you know, and the character that I was supposed to like make out with, like in the sides, it said Shane. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, it's a,
1: guy yeah, you know right. what I mean so
0: I was like okay Shane's I a very
1: Texas guy name yeah that's right
0: <laughs> I I think I dated a Shane a everyone's Shane, dated a everyone's Shane, a Shane or a Sean yeah. or something you know a Mark there's a Mark I think um but um yeah so but but what was so interesting about being a part of that show is and especially it was so before it's time oh yeah that it was you know I had no idea the impact mm. that it made on so many um, girls' lives, mm. and whether it was you know transgender, whether it was gay, bisexual, lesbian, whatever it was, it was. I I I received we the whole cast did just. I mean, bucket loads of envelope uh, fan envelopes, mail, of, of fan mail yeah. letters from people that were like, "Wow, watching you on screen." gave me the confidence to come out in front of my family. Wow. Like I thought about killing myself before wow. then because I felt like I didn't have a choice, yep. you know, or, or, you know, my father or my mother now understands my sexuality because of your character on right. the L word. Like it was, and, and, you know, and to this day, it's like, it's just so, it's so beautiful. It never gets old. And I'm like, wow, that gives so much meaning to what we can do sometimes. I you mean, know? it's that and,
1: whole conversation they have about representation and right. why it matters. Because it does make people, I mean, my whole motivation as an artist is to liberate people, like you said, yeah. just by being honest, by being truthfully and authentically yourself. And yeah. if more and more people can do that from all walks of life, from all places, yeah, totally. somebody else sees that and says, I'm not alone. And that's, that's it. Right. That's right. I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I've got from something that I wrote, whether whether it was... Um, a dad better understanding his daughter yeah. or somebody something i wrote about drinking just understanding addiction better somebody that they loved who is an addict and that is what i want to do i just want to make people less ashamed of who they are that's right and more compassionate and understanding of one another that's beautiful and i and i think that if everybody you know
0: oh bridget that's so great and this podcast is so great and you know like a million um, you you could not have gone higher in my in my bar just from knowing you over the years and and how wonderful you are and you know the amazing things Samantha says about you on top of all that but like you doing this and your intention for doing that like you fucking skyrocketed oh, in my book thank like, you. it's amazing well and the, and the thing is, is that i i really do feel like no matter what you do whether your field is to be a carpenter and electrician or whatever mm-hmm. everyone has room to be to teach that kind of compassion and to do that kind of stuff you know yeah i wish more people would do it too well
1: I, the reason i i've been you know choosing the guests that i've chosen and I, I always choose them because they're people who have inspired me mm-hmm. and you've inspired me because you are so driven and mm-hmm. disciplined mm-hmm. and i respect your discipline because it would be easy to get kind of lazy and I think in this industry you always do have to be on your I'm my friend and I think I've said this before my friend um, who was a child actor he said you're only as good as your last project Mm -hmm. and that is so true so true I mean if your last project bombs like it you have to just keep going and do something else that's right because it's just the nature of the industry and I respect how you take care of your body. And it's another thing that I really am a strong advocate for in the whole podcast. Really the intention again is to get help people get out of their own way and their Mm -hmm. own bad habits. So how do you stay motivated? How do you stay out of self pity? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it kind of goes back to how I was uh, raised and you know, it's interesting. You know, I'm a middle child. My brother and my sister are very different from me, Mm -hmm. but my mother, you know, she's a, she's a foreigner. Mm -hmm. She started her own business. Mm -hmm. My dad left when we were very young. My sister was just born the day my dad disappeared. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, my mom and I were in and out of women's shelters. Wow! So it was, it wasn't always a happy childhood, Uh but I think I picked, you know, that journey for a reason. And, And I think it's part of what's made me, kind of tougher now Mm -hmm. and but she always you know she came from a culture where women were treated like second-class citizens right still treated like that right women were denied an education Mm -hmm. and she was somebody that was so adamant and so impressive in her uh intellect that she ended up going to college at 16 wow so so when she came to america and then she had me um it was i mean Damn, I mean I had to have a four hundred one K by planned out by the time I was ten. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It yep. was just like you are in America. You are getting these, you know, choices, opportunities, these, these opportunities that yeah. I never had. Yeah. You know, so they
1: come from a literal patriarchy. Exactly. You know, that's exactly. Why when yes. I hear a lot of the talk here in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come You're on like, guys. guys. Put it in perspective.
0: (laughs) Like, that's true. You want to hear patriarchy? Yeah. My mother has stories that'll make your head spin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the way the education system was back then, you know, they would beat the kids if they got their math homework wrong. Yeah. So it was just like so much harder. So she really instilled this drive, drive, Mm. drive. And at the same time, my mother is very beautiful, Mm -hmm. and she always took care of herself. And you know, when I was like. Um, she's going to hate that I'm saying that she's going <laughs> to deny this, but I don't care. Um, she was very fem, is very feminine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was always trying to teach us that it's okay to be feminine, totally. to celebrate your femininity yeah. and that there's no difference between like your boob and your hand. Mm-hmm. And, but what she used to do, she used to come out of the shower, sit me and my sister down <laughs> and dance naked for us. <laughs> And she put on like belly dancing music Uh, and she would make us watch her. We had to watch her for like a good three minutes. uh, Like just watch my mom shake it with her bush and like (laughs) she's going to kill me. But like, and she was just, uh, you know, and I, I kind of understand it in a way looking back, it's like, you're just. You know, it was a house full of girls. My brother was already gone. And she was just kind of celebrating who she was. My mom did the same thing. Yeah, okay. All right, thank God. You're not alone. My mom,
1: there were four girls in our house. And she was very European mentality. Mm -hmm. And so she hated the, like, puritanical. And, I mean, Lord knows everyone knows I show my boobs online. So I I definitely have that. I resist that um, Puritan. Yeah the mentality that like, oh, we need to cover everything up. And I'm sure coming from a culture where there is a literal patriarchy, you're like, I'm free. like yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Tata's out.
1: And my mom just wanted us to be comfortable being a woman in our body and celebrate it. That's Same right. thing. That's so right. Same I, thing. I grew up with uh, like that too. That, we always used to
0: be like, mom, come on. Like, I, I know, right? <laughs> you don't want to see your mom's tits. <laughs> like they're gross. But like, um but anyway, so it was, so I got a lot of uh the things from when I was a, a a kid, like I used that a lot as I became older. It's, it's tough because as an actress, I hear no a lot more times than I hear yes. Oh, yeah. So it's not always, you know, it's hard sometimes to pick myself back up and to keep putting myself out there. Yeah. You know, especially because, you know, we're getting paid to be vulnerable, mm. you know, and it's like, and that's my job is to be vulnerable. Yeah. And when you put yourself out there and then you're told you know either a that wasn't that wasn't good enough or you know b you did great you were the best person that walked in yeah but we're going to go with a bigger name
1: or right. but we're going
0: african american or but you don't look american enough
1: it's interesting too with acting because you are the product and it's so hard to not take it personally.
0: 100%. And that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, I'm always like, all right, well, if it's not this, you know, okay, I guess. Making room for
1: something better, you know, and so yeah. you just keep coming up with all these little mottos to oh, make yourself feel last better. Last week, right? I was saying this to Brian. I was like, Rejection is God's protection. Exactly. There you go. And it's you like, know? It's like I don't know if could I just write a book him. on
0: the different like mottos, the things that we like say to make yourself you feel tell better. Yourself. <laughs> you know, I was up most recently for this. Um, we should
1: write that book. I know.
0: I know. No kidding. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. We got it here. We here did. first. Here first. um I was <laughs> most recently up for this Nicole Kidman movie. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, man, it was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. The director, me back, he brought me again. He was like nothing but, you know, saying glorious things about me to my agent. And literally on the day that we thought we were going to get the offer, I didn't get it. Ugh.
1: And I was, and I was there's so, so many moments like that. There's, I like, I feel
0: like my life is riddled with, that, you know,
1: for me acting. It's like, I,
0: I just love it. It's yeah. something that I would, you have to, <laughs> I yeah exactly because the rejection is too hard. No, but it's just. I, I don't know. I'm addicted to it. It's like a drug for yeah. me, you know. So yeah, I just do it. I love it, and it's interesting because the ones that you know, my, I'm at that place in my career where you know I kind of get like half of the things I get are offers, and then right. there are things that I still have to go out on. Right. And, and I don't know. You just keep going, and you and you just find that strength because you said, like you said, it's that drive. It's that fear. It's you know. It's all. It's it's my life's um, goals. You know, it's everything I've ever wanted to
1: do when I was a kid. And you have three kids
0: and I have three kids. Yeah. So I, I like have to make sure they can eat. And put yeah. A roof over their
1: head. But did they, did they, did having kids motivate you in a different way? You know what? Ha- no. Yeah. Having kids didn't
0: motivate me differently. Cause I was always insanely motivated.
1: Mm. Having kids deepened my work mm. because how old are they?
0: The oldest wolf, he's nine and then Knox and Violet, i always pause after i say the twins the twins the 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 devils the the they're a handful handful, man uh nox and violet are three and a half Uh uh-huh and i never wanted to get married never wanted to have kids you know i came from from a broken home you know i got some of my mom's issues about men she definitely passed them on to me (laughs) when i was in my 20s you know definitely had like a daddy syndrome like the youngest guy i dated was 13 years older than me you know what i mean like And then, and Steve was like the youngest person. I I was like, oh, it's not going to work out. He's only three years older than me. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. So it was, so yeah, I, I never wanted any of that stuff. And then, you know, and then, yeah, I had been with, I was with Steve, I think for seven and a half years and, and it still wasn't him that did it. I was on the show called life and, uh, there was a, a chimp that was in the scene that day. This is exactly what happened. And that that made the, the motherly, like, instinct, the clock <laughs> start like ticking. It's, like, so basic. It's-, it's so fucking basic. Oh, it's so, so basic. So it was just, like... It, there was a chimp that was on set and we were all told like, this is a working animal. This like, is a
1: working chimp. Yeah. Service working chimp. chimp. Don't like, touch That's it. That's right. Don't touch <laughs> it. Don't look
0: at it. Like he's here to work, you know, the whole thing. And the chimp let leapt from his, her trainer's arms into my arms. Oh boy. And would not get off of me. It's like, it was monkey like, energy. it was so the monkey <laughs> energy. It was so primal. Yeah. And like, she put her arms around me and she just kept looking at me <laughs> in the eyes. And I was, in fucking love i was like oh my god there are pictures of me smiling from ear to ear bigger looking at this chimp than i do in pictures with my own kids like i was just like oh my god somebody put a baby in me you know how old were you yeah. um 27 oh, uh, yeah i was 27 yeah so i was just oh man it was just the I don't know, it it unleashed something in me for sure. <laughs> this and is the greatest story I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah, it was the monkey did it. The chimp did it. And then, yeah, it was just amazing. And, and then you got pregnant. And then I got pregnant with Wolf. What kids do, you know, it's the most emotion of anything I've ever felt. Yeah. So it's the most fear. It's the most love. It's the most joy. It's the most angry. Yep. Nobody can piss me off like my son yep. when I know he didn't that he underperformed he didn't live up to his potential mm-hmm. or he lied to me mm-hmm. or you know and 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 also i fear i am in a constant st- like i'm yeah. here but i'm also thinking about okay the nanny's got them at the park and what yep. if this happens and i hope she doesn't get into an accident I blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. you know so it's just like
1: what is that quote like having children is basically like letting your heart walk outside of your body a hundred percent yeah
0: and it happened and i've got three of them now yeah and And, but it deepened my work in a way, you know, it's like, I'm feeling things that I never felt before. And also now when I take jobs, I really have to, you know, is this worth it? And then, and then another added thing, which I guess you were asking if it added to my motivation and it kind of does because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to take this job and it's going to be away from my kids, I better fucking crush it. Right. I better come home with a goddamn success on my hands. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I
1: think it makes you reprioritize. Hundred percent. So you're you're evaluating projects differently. Than I evaluate. I'm looking at
0: things differently. It's like if it's if it's you know there was this one project. It kind of shot really close to, you know, um, uh, Thanksgiving, and I was going to have to miss Halloween, and there are all these things. And you know, knock on wood, like I'm at a place where I can be somewhat picky. So yeah. I was like, yeah, no on that yeah, one. Yeah. And, you know, and if the kids are. You know, if they really are going through a phase and they really they need me there, you know, which kids do. And and then, yeah, I just I just say no to things. Do you you see
1: the performer in any of them or all of them? (laughs) I see it
0: in my daughter Mm, big time. Yeah. Yeah. She has never walked by a mirror she didn't like. (laughs) And she has about five costume changes a day. and you know when she we're
1: is like a little diva already oh yeah and it when, is when hilarious. we
0: when we're in the car and we're singing you know trolls or rapunzel or whatever you know she literally yells at me and says mommy shush only i sing
1: oh boy and yeah a star so, is
0: born a star is born that's right
1: would you ever let your kids act as kids um
0: i would mm-hmm. uh they'd have to really want it though yeah so i want them to like Wolf is asking, but I want him to push. Yeah. I want him to push. I yeah. don't want it to be just something he kind of is like, oh, you know, oh, I see mom do it and looks yeah. really fun and, you know, hey, you get craft service and the stunt guys <laughs> play with you all day long. Yeah. And so, because my kids, they travel with me anytime I go anywhere and they've they've grown up on sets. Yeah. So they know that it can be really fun. Yeah. And I personally think sets are the most fun place. To so be. much fun. Like every time I step on a set, everything about the set, all every, the, the crew, the lights, the director, the DP, the cameras, like. Every time I step on set, I'm still like in a state of awe. I it's am. like my first day. It's the f- you know favorite it's like, thing. I'm like being on set is like the best feeling ever. It is. You know, it's like why would you ever want to be anywhere else? No, it's so, the
1: great. That's what's the hardest thing to do in the world because once you get in, it's the greatest job ever. It's. I mean, I certainly
0: think so. So, um, so my kids feel that, but I want Wolf to really. But there is a skill to it, and there is a, yeah. you know, and it's that, hard when your kids.
1: Yeah, it's tough when your. are Although so, I think it's different when it's a kid who comes up with their parent who's in the industry yeah. than a kid who has a crazy stage parent.
0: That's true. That's true. That's very true. I mean, I feel sorry for any kind of AD that tries to fuck with my, you know, That's production what I mean. I that think, tries like, to fuck with any of yeah, my kids in the, the business. Like, no, know. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no. And the kids grew up in the industry and... the. Uh, the parents know how to protect them in a yeah. way that I don't think stage moms do, or even care about. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's sometimes what, that's, uh, yeah, about. I feel like they don't really care about. It. Yeah,
0: it's but yeah. So I'll I'll wait and see if they get really hungry. But I've always believed because I've I've come across so many people that are like, oh, I'd never let my child be an actor, and it's like, but why, why, why would you keep them from their if that's their real dream? Why would you keep them from it? Like yeah. when I told my mom I wanted to be an actress. If she would have said no, I would have found a way to do it anyway. Right. You know, it was like, but thank God, like she, I had her
1: support. That's amazing considering you know? that, you know, sh- they value education and like coming from where she came that yeah. she was just
0: like, okay. And I'd never done
1: it. Because you always hear comedians, they yeah. always joke that comedians who are first, you know, their parents are immigrants and they're first generation and they're oh, every single one of those comics has a routine about how like, oh, that's the that's the last thing that their parents right. wanted to hear. Like, you're not going to be a doctor. Or scientist. Right, right, like, right. We moved to America so you can become a fucking comic. Are you crazy? Right, right. That's <laughs> not funny. happening. There, my mom was
0: definitely the black sheep in her family. Mm. She was. She was. I mean, all her other brothers and sisters, a lot of them are still in Iran and they still think, the, you know, the only thing to be like, if you're not an architect, engineer, doctor, lawyer, yeah. like you're a waste of space. Yeah. So she was really the black sheep in their family.
1: And we'll we'll wrap up. I always ask the same last two questions at the very end. Was there a time where you wanted to like give up where you were, you asked yourself what you were doing? Was there ever like a dark night of the soul for you? Yeah. Uh,
0: like a month ago and then a month before that. And then a month before (laughs) that and a month before that. Constantly. Um, Because I just feel, I feel so vulnerable, you know? And it's like, and then when something doesn't go my way, I, I, I absolutely can get into patterns of self doubt sometimes. Mm. And you know, I think someone asked one time, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? And it's like believing in yourself. Yeah. You know, I think that's yes, me too. you know, because it's 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 we're flawed, we're imperfect and you know I love and, that. Yeah, and it's just it's yeah, I feel like that all the time. That's I feel like that all the beautiful.
1: time. Beautiful. I love that believing in yourself. I for me I just always say the only difference between delusions and dreams sometimes is just hard work and persistence. Because what can seem like a delusion like, is a delusion if you're sitting in your basement talking about how you want to go do something, whatever that something might be. But if you're taking steps to do that thing, it suddenly is more of a dream.
0: There's another great, I don't know if you know who Abraham Hicks is, Mm -hmm. but I'm a huge fan and I listen to her a lot Um, because she breaks down spirituality in such a simple Mm -hmm. way. She Mm -hmm. really believes, like law of attraction, all those different laws. She's like, it just really, it's just the law of least effort. It's the Mm -hmm. least effort, you know, like trust, 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 trust. Um, Anyway, but she has this great thing about like the reason why you dream, dreaming is visualization. If you can dream it, you can achieve it.
1: Wow. So I just love that. Yeah, that's I love that, too. Yeah. Do you, how do you what's your biggest defect of character? Like the biggest thing mm-hmm. you have to overcome internally?
0: Yes. OK. And I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to unleash more of my inner bitch,
1: ah. which isn't
0: necessarily bitchy.
1: So mm-hmm.
0: um, um, but sometimes I what I get, I'm too afraid of hurting people's feelings. People pleasing. So, People pleasing. Mm mm-hmm. I, you know, I think my sister and I kind of have a little bit of that in common, but I'm a little bit better at it than she is. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that about yeah, you. Yeah, like I don't want to hurt people, or I want to be nice, or I don't, you know, um it happens more in my personal relationships than in my work. You don't relationships. advocate for yourself. Yeah, not mm-hmm. not not in a not in a personal way. I do it in my business, like right. it's second nature to right, me. Right, right. For whatever reason, that's never been a block, but personally, to be able to call someone out on a way they've disrespected me or something that I need right. has always been hard for me. Right. And, um, you know, most recently I've gotten better at that. You know, I, I have a, I have an expression that I've used the, over the last couple of years, which is, you know, life can be lifey. Yeah. You know, you go through your, your periods of oh, good yeah. and bad and, and, and through some of my lifey lessons, it was like, you know what? I got to look out for number one. If I don't look out for me, nobody else is going to. No. This is something I need. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is somebody says no. And guess what? I'll be fine.
1: And Gandhi said, a drowning man can't save others. There, you okay? kids, it's like put the mask on first. Right, right. So all these expressions of like, you you are no good to your children if you're not being good to yourself. That's right. And you're really no good to anybody to if anybody. you can't take care of yourself. And again, one of the things I do respect is that I think it starts with like self-care, which can be so hard. Yeah. Even eating well, exercising, All getting fresh All air. Of All of it. That is where it starts for me. It starts That's- with like taking care because for a long time I didn't yeah many many years yeah drugs and and alcohol and 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 what's
0: interesting is that you know me and the other realization I came to is a couple things one was you know people will treat you as badly as you allow them yeah so if something is going on that's bothering me and I'm not speaking up like I really can't sit there and point the finger at the other person because why didn't I ever say anything? Yeah, You know, so if I want better treatment from somebody, then I better, I better bring it to their attention. Yeah. And if, and if that person can't do it, then move out of the way. Then there's somebody who can.
1: My therapist always says you teach people how to treat you. That's right. I totally believe in that. I've always said in terms of life, you know, set the bar. The world is going to lowball you. So set the bar high for yourself and keep it high because otherwise you're going to get undermined. Yeah. People, even whether it's in business or in personal, I feel
0: like you and I are a fucking calendar today, like with we our expressions. Are. Because I, I'm about to say, "Reach for the stars, because you'll land on the
1: moon." Oh, you know like, what I mean? It's like we, we could be have the change you wish to see in the every world. Every fucking platitude <laughs> embroidered pillow. Like, look, look at my pillow right now.
0: Let's see what does it say. Wake up and be awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. And it's
1: funny because, and I joke about this a lot. Is like as stupid as and like wrote and i hate platitudes yeah, yeah. as much as i hate them they have saved my life hundred percent one hundred you know what was a, and a big I'm one literally i mean that literally uh, okay <laughs> uh,
0: one of the things that one of one of those phrases that i've loved that has helped me a lot was and i don't know who said this this was one of those anonymous ones uh-huh. anonymous has said a lot <laughs> anonymous has got some um, good uh, the butterfly thought it was no 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 i'm sorry the caterpillar thought it was the end of the world until It Became oh, a Butterfly.
1: Yeah. I, love, I love that
0: one. I'm a fucking sucker for that one.
1: <laughs> I'm a sucker for
0: all of them. I know. Me I mean, too. they're all
1: over my house. I know. I know. I and love I've it. said this to people like as stupid as it sounds, there are days where I've been so defeated and then yeah. I've looked up and seen one of the millions of Wake Up and Be Awesome or like... Yeah. The woman who doesn't need validation is the most powerful woman in the world, or the one that's over my bed. That's I should put that one up. The, I should put that one. Up. Oh, so that like one's that great. One. There's one um, that's above my bed. That's like sweat, uh, sweat more, bitch less. Love that. Get them down in Venice. They like carve these But I have them everywhere, and I would have quotes on my mirror you know just yeah but those things that it gets in your brain that's yeah, why you and i know
0: and, the, and that's why and also and then uh, again if we take it if we kind of bring it back full circle to where we started you know which is you know like that spiritual sort of uh, energy like what you put out what you vibe yeah. is what you receive
1: and what w- w- what's your biggest asset
0: my ass. No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, my biggest. We put the ass and asset. asset over um, here. We can end it on our sexy. We can end it. That's right. Yeah. L word note. That's not- <laughs> how erotic we sound in these movies. You put the ass and um, asset. <laughs> um, my biggest. My biggest asset. Um, it's funny how hard it is for people to answer this question. Yeah. So I asked all the women the or the young girls that I was teaching yoga to, and they were all in warrior, and there were ten of them, and I asked each one of them. To name one thing that they they felt strong about or that they were proud of, and it was like pulling teeth. Wow! And so now I'm gonna now I'm like you're coming back with three. Yeah, good for you.
0: Good for you for helping shape them. All right. Well, there's two things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. There's two. One is my children mm-hmm. because I don't have the kind of relationship with them where it's like I'm the adult, you're the child. I'm the parent, you listen to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like my relationship with my kids is very like cyclical. Mm-hmm. Like we we pass information and knowledge and teachings back and forth mm-hmm. like all the time. And I really like having that relationship with them. You know, yeah. I see how different my kids are because I grant them that. I give them that, you know? You treat them like a human? <laughs> I, treat them, I treat them like they came in this world kind of knowing yeah. already what they want and mm-hmm. I'm here to guide them, mm-hmm. you know? I don't ever want to take away their... Originality, or their creativity, or their self-determinism, because Mm. of what I think, Mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. And they're teaching me all the time as well. And then the other thing that the other word that kept coming to my mind was courage, Mm. because I don't think courage is not having fear. I think courage is having fear, you know, but doing it anyway. Yeah, I
1: think that's a famous quote. (laughs) I think it is. I think someone said that. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's—I've just said it so long. I think I've said it. It's like no, it's mine now. Exactly, Sarah Shahi. That's fuck where you're at. It. Fuck you, Churchill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: said Nobody it. listens to you anymore, Maya. Um, no, but I—I—I—it I, took me a while to understand what that meant because mm-hmm. I thought courage meant just not having any fear. Yeah. And then I realized in my life whether it is personally whether it is business wise how many situations i've been in where i've been afraid to speak up or i've been afraid to do something because i didn't know what you know what the outcome would be but i went ahead and did it anyway even if even if my voice shook as i said the thing even if you know it caused a fight but then the outcome was a good thing but just to have the courage to go forth with what you think is right in your heart Mm -hmm. and you know and trust that it'll be good you know and trust um, that
1: you're gonna make mistakes trust that you're gonna make mistakes
0: and that's oh yeah and that's okay as long as you learn from the here's another fucking quote <laughs> it's never a mis- as long as you learn from it it's not a mistake <laughs> there's like not been an original have word you ever, ever had anyone on your program with as many like fucking anecdotes as i have between the <laughs> two of us at least
1: it. one of the things that i wrote and repeat all the time is um on my fantasy site originally before i went bankrupt ironically
0: <laughs> that's
1: funny is trust your mistakes yeah i trust my mistakes i trust that i'm they're teaching me lessons that i need to learn yeah that's and a good, that's that's, good. A, that's an original that's an original <laughs> it's well, mine now yeah <laughs> you'll be like ellen you'll be like you know what ellen i've always <laughs> i i came up
0: with this thing back before i went bankrupt i, I wrote it actually in one of my columns trust your mistakes and I do. To this day, I trust my mistakes.
1: I love you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Yes, it was. And uh where can people find you? I always forget to do this, but I'm remembering. People can find I me mean. in a ditch <laughs> on the side of the four oh five with three um, screaming.
0: Yeah, children. exactly. Um uh where can people find you? I was about to give out my home address. How no, fucking no. work <laughs> am I? Huh? Don't do that. No, um, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram All right um, at, uh, at Sarah Shahi. Okay, you're
1: easy. All right, I'm easy. Love you. Love Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Tune in next week for another riveting episode that will change your life, help you get out of your own way, and solve all the world's problems. I want to thank our composer, Jared Elias, my co-producer and cousin, Maggie, and all of you out there listening. This has been Walk-Ins Welcome with Bridget Phetasy. I'm Bridget Phetasy, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest line. <laughs>